Welcome everyone to the Haravon slash Orbetulat Daf Yomi Shior. Tonight's Shior is Daf Ayin Hey, beginning on Daf Ayin Dalit Amur Bet. Amar Rava, six lines before the lines get wide. Says the Gemara. Amar Rava, Haiman the Abid Chavita, Chayav Mishum Sheva Chatatot. A guy who makes a barrel out of dirt on Shabbat is Chayav seven different Korban Chatats that are involved in making a barrel. The seven mentioned in Rashi are as follows. One is Tochen, because before they make the barrel, they have to make sure that the dirt is very, very fine. So they would grind the dirt, otherwise it doesn't come out good. So when they make clay, you have to find the ground. Tochen is one. Number two is Borer, because you take out the large pebbles. Then there's Milaked, when you sift it. Then there is Lash, when you knead it. Then there's memachek, when you smooth out the dough, just like when, you have a, when you're making a, a pottery thing, you have to smooth out. You see the, the guys on the, on the pottery wheel, they're smoothing it at memachek with a hand. It's regular memachek. Then they have uh, lighting a fire. And then, of course, ofer baking. Those are the seven, right? Tanura chayav mishum If you make a tanur, then you did an eighth thing. Now, the eighth one that you do is called Makev Vatish. Since you're, you're going to give the final blow when you put it in the oven, you're giving it the final blow. Therefore, when you make an oven, it's really eight. So hot, if you make a barrel where you don't have to put it in the oven, so then you're only doing seven. But once you make an oven, the way they make a clay oven is that they, they put it in the fire first in order to Make it make the clay firm, so that putting in the fire would make would be his eighth chatat if a guy did that on Shabbat. Another case, Amar Abaye Abaye says another case. Haiman David Chalta, a guy who makes a basket out of reeds. Okay, Chayav Achat Chataot. He makes eleven korban chatat for it. Uh, Rashi says that the eleven. Chatats are as follows. Zomed, where you prune. Uh, when you prune it, you have because of Kotzer and of course of Noter, because they, re, they replant again. Aswamiak, when you gather them together, it's Ma'amad's gathering. Then there's Birur, you separate the good ones from the bad ones, that's forehead. Then there's you smooth them out, Kumachek. Wait, right? When you make them very, when you cut, slice them very small, it's grinding. When you slice them in the right midah, that's that's mechatech. When you hisich hasheti, when you um, set, when you set the up the sheti, which is the the sheti is a type of woof that goes this way. Right, the the when you make a basket, you have to weave the things in and out. So the sheti is the one that goes in. When you set that up, that's also nisur. That brings the chatat. As the mesich, arag achat lemalav achat lemata kidei lamidor haleosesh shemetunin. When you make one on top and one on the bottom in order to allow you to weave it, that's like making the two frames. And arag when you weave it, that's oreg. That's weaving. When you slice it after you weave it, in order to make it even, that's makevatish. Okay? Sometimes when they would make these baskets, 
they would sew the top together to keep it closed. So if you did that, then this shlosh is 13, not 11, that you go up to 13, you add sewing and you add the tying. Both those are separate things. Okay, says the Gemara, Hagozez et a person who shears the wool off his sheep and he whitens it. So that was the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Amar Abba Barachana, Amar Biochanan, Hatover Semer Shal Gabe Behema, Bishabbat, Chayab Shalosh Chataot, Echad Shum Gozez, Echad Shum Menapetz, Echad Shum Tover. Okay. It seems like there was a way, I don't know how in the world they could do such a thing, but it seems like there was a way in the olden days that you were able to spin the wool. Normally, in order to spin the wool, you have the wool off the sheep. You card it into very, very small fibers. And after you card it into small fibers, you're able to spin it and you make one long thread. It's called a spinning jenny. And you can make these long fibers, instead of just being random fibers, you can make them into a thread. Okay, that's called spinning. Mm-hmm. If a person does that, it's possible to do this if you're an expert, expert sheep herder and spinner. It's possible to do it while they're still attached to the sheep. Okay? I don't know how it would work. I see Mark giving me a look. I don't know. Mark, I can't help you. I don't know how they did it. But that's what they used to do. They would possible. So we're telling you now that if you would do such a thing, you chayab shalosh chataot. There's three chataot. One for shearing. Echad mishu minapet. One for minapet, which was carding. Echad mishu tovah. And one for spinning. Rav Kahana says, Rav Kahana disagrees with all three. He says, you can have zero. Why? Because each time you're doing it, you're doing it in a weird way. And when you do a melacha in a weird way, you're patur. So this is not the way of shearing. This is not the way of, of carding. And this is not the way of spinning. So who cares? You have zero. Yes, you're not allowed to do it on Shabbat. But if you did, you have zero. says Rav Kahana. Ask the Gemara, is that so? Vila, are you going to claim that that's not the way to do things? They said in the name of They washed the hairs on the goats and they spun them while on the goats in the time of the of the of the of the Mishkan. They used to take the goats and they washed it on the goats and they spun it on the goats. How do we know? Because there's a pasuk that says, Tavu etaizim, that they spun the goats. Now, usually you don't spin goats. You spin the hair that you took off the goats. So the fact that it says you spun the goats, the Gemara's Doresh, that they, they had this shtick, that they figured out a way to do it on the goats. Okay? Mm-hmm. Says, yes, it's true that in the Mishkan they did it. We see that it's a normal way to do it because you see they did it in those days. Yes, it's true they did it in the Mishkan, but since they did it in the Mishkan with extra chokhmah in an abnormal number of chokhmah, therefore we don't count that and we say it's not ordinary and it's not normal and you would be patu according to your Khan. Another case. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis wrote the following. We now are Tanu Rabbanan, about 10 lines on the bottom of the page. Tanu Rabbanan, Hatoleshet Kanaf, Vakotimo, Vahamorto. If a guy 
pulls a feather off a bird. The and you clip the the tip. The morto and you pull off the hairs. Chayav shalosh chatot. You need three chatats. The three chatats are for shearing, because when you pull a, a feather off a bird, it's the same as shearing the wool off a sheep. What's the difference? One's a bird, one's a sheep. You have a living animal, you pull the thing off, the horn off it, right? And then you did, you cut it, which means you cut it to the right length, which would be mechadech. And then you also, you also smoothen it out by pulling out the feathers, pulling out the, 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 the hairs. If you pulled it, you have matir. We're at the two dots now. Kosher matir. Where did they ever tie anything in Mishkan? We're saying that one of the third eye melachot is tying. Where in the Mishkan did they ever have to tie anything? Irving, if I had to ask you to guess this, where do you think they tied things in the Mishkan? Not for a korban, right? Not for anything. When did they tie anything? Maybe for a curtain? Ooh, close. Says the Which means the ohel had yitedot. Yitedot are pegs that go into the ground to solidify the mishkan. So the pegs, they attach it with ropes to the to the yitiot, to the curtains of the thing. Okay? When you tie it onto the peg, you're tying it, but you really don't want to tie it forever. You want to untie it. And we always say that a guy who does that is not a hayab khatat. Don't tell me that that's the place in the Mishkan that we found that tying is asur. Because in general, when you tie something and you're planning to untie it, that's patur. So if that was the source, if the source was from the pegs, then you should be chayav korban if you tie it on the condition to remove it. When you tie your shoes, you should be you should be should be chayav. We know you're not. Ela marabaye, rather abaye says, sheken orge orge yiriot tinefzaka lehem nima koshvin ota. When they were tying the curtains, when they were weaving the curtains, and they had a thread break. They would tie it back. So sometimes in the weaving process, as you're going through it, you could have a you could have one of your threads that breaks. Now you don't want to redo the whole thing, but what you can do is you could take it and you could tie it back so it doesn't stick out. You don't want that thread sticking out. It looks like it's broken. When they tie it back, that's the tying, because that tying is meant to stay forever. And that's the tying that we're talking about that was in the Mishkan, because we said only tying that's meant to stay forever. Is Chayav Okay? You with me, Ben? Says the Gemara further. Amalei Rava, Rava says, Teratzda Kosher. You just got yourself out of the corner when it comes to tying. Mated, but what about untying? Ma'ikel Mimar, what are you going to say about that? Where do you untie things? Yes, they tie things on the idiot. But we have to have untying also. According to what you're saying, it's not untying. <laughs> if you want to say the cases, when you have two knots that were right next to each other on two strings, you would untie one and tie the other one. 
This way that you untie one and tie the other one is not considered a chashuv way of doing this, doing this uh, weaving. And since it's not a chashuv way, if you had a regular king on earth, an emperor, who would call you to do a job for him, you would never do such a thing because he'd get you in trouble. I, and since you would never do it in front of him, we're sure the Jews would never do that in the Mishkan either. And therefore, we're back to square one. We don't have any case of matir, of untying in the Mishkan. So says the Gemara, El Amarabah, rather Rav says, Itema. And some say to be like, When they trap the Chilazon fish, in order to make Techelet, uh, which is dyed wool, you needed to get the blood of the Chilazon fish. Okay. Now, in order to get the blood of the fish, the fish don't just spit out their blood. You have to catch them. In order to catch them, you need nets. And in order to make nets, you got to tie. And in order, while, in, while you're making nets, you have to tie and untie them. And therefore, the untying in the Mishkan was involved in the capturing of the Chilazon fishes. What's the next case? One who ties two ties, two stitches. If you tie only two stitches, it doesn't last. Yeah, well, the, way, the way it works with stitching is, the more stitches you put, the longer it lasts, because it's more together. If you make only two stitches, it's very, very short, short-lived. And if that's the case, why would we say that's a suit? It's only a sewer if you tie them afterwards. So, is two stitches. If you tie them, then you chayav. Now we have a new case. If you tear in order to sew. Was there any ripping in the Mishkan? What did they have to rip in the Mishkan? Rabbi and Rabbi both say the following. If you have a curtain where a worm fell in it, and the worm ate out a piece of the curtain, they would tear it at the hole to make the hole bigger, and then they would sew it up afterwards. So the tearing was in the Mishkan. If you stretch the thread of a stitch on Shabbat, chayav chatat. Now, I have to explain to you what stretching the thread of a stitch means. Sometimes, if you have a sewing that has separated a little bit, and now you have a long thread over here, and what you want to do is you want to pull on the thread which will make them make the two fabrics come close together. The fabrics are coming up a little bit. There's a stitch through it, but it's not tight. And if you pull on the edge of it, you could tighten it. Right. The rabbi, if you do that, says, if you do that on Shabbat, you need to bring a chatat. Another thing. If a guy goes over to Magush and asks him to teach him even one thing, then he's chayav mita. We'll see what the magush is soon. 
a guy who could figure out the horoscopes and the times of the sun, and he doesn't bother to figure it out, as soon as support him, you're not allowed to talk and say over Torah rulings that this guy said. Says the Gemara, Megushta, what is a Megushta? Rab Ushmur. Chadamar Kharshi, Vechadamar Gidufi. One says that it's a Kharshi, which is a wizard. A wizard is a guy who does black magic. A person who learns even one thing, according to this opinion, a person who learns even one thing from a wizard is Chayav Mitah. But according to the Chadamar Gidufi, is a guy who curses Hashem. A guy who cur- who's Megadef, who curses Hashem, you're not allowed to learn anything from him either. Machlok, which one it means? Let's assume the Rav the Amar Gedufi that it was Rav who was the one who said that it was a guy who cursed Hashem. How do we know? Now, the way we can prove that Rav said it's the one who cursed Hashem, we're going to show that Rav himself. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to say that Rav himself was the one who said that the, if you learn from somebody like this, Yechayav Mita. And we see that you are allowed to learn something from a guy who has, who's a magician. We're going to see soon that you're allowed to learn from a magician how to prove him wrong or what he does wrong. So you're allowed to learn something. So it can't be that Rob would say, anyone learns something from a magician, you're a chavita, because he lets you learn things from a magician if you're learning it in order to prove him wrong. So it must be it was the other guy. I'm talking to say that. Because if you want to claim it's a magician, it says you're not allowed to learn from him to do. To do it if you want to do so do witchcraft you can't learn from him. You're allowed to learn from him to understand and to teach. And therefore to Sam we see that it must be that it was Jadufi because he said you're allowed to learn from these guys. Amar Shimon Barpazi, Amar Bishub Levi, Mishub Bar Kapara. Right? Anyone who could figure out the seasons and the and the horoscopes and doesn't. They don't see the work of Hashem and they don't see the action of his hands. Yani, the reason why you're supposed to do this is because when a rabbi shows that he knows the depth of the horoscopes, so he's shown that the Torah knows everything. And therefore, if you have the opportunity to show the wisdom of the Torah, you should always take the opportunity. It says you should do these things because these are the wisdom that you have in front of the nations. In which wisdom do the Goyim know about? If a guy figures out something about the root of Shalim, doesn't show the, the Goyim don't care. How do they see that we really have wisdom? When they see they almost do when they see we can figure out what's coming, then they respect us more. Now, we said in the Mishnah, another Malachah, a guy who traps a deer. If a guy catches a chilazon fish on Shabbat, and he pierces it in order to get out the blood, he's only chayav one Korban. 
Rebuda says, no, you have to. He says that squeezing is the type of disha. Disha is stepping on. We had disha before, was the case where you dash. And remember what dash is? Ben, you remember what dash is? Yes, I Stepping on the. Stepping on the. So here too, dash is pulling out what you want out of the wheat. And here the dash would be when you stick a. a, a, a when you poke a needle or something to get the to get the blood out of the fish, you're also going to pull out what you want out of the fish, which is the blood, because the blood of the chilazon is what dyes it. Abnormal <coughs> way. What's that, Subi? Abnormal way. It's abnormal to take out the blood. Step on a fish. Oh, not this is not a regular fish. This is a chilazon fish. You're not, not stepping. You're gonna poke it with a, with a, a, a sharp thing to get out the blood. they told him, and He said, no. They say poking a hole in something is not is not threshing. It's not the same thing. my time Why do they say it's not threshing? They hold. You can only do gidisha on something that grew from the ground. But a fish that doesn't grow from the ground, it's not called. Why aren't you chayav? Because you killed it. You took out the, when you when you take the chilazon in your pocket, we said you chayav for, for catching it and you chayav for dash. Forget dash. What about killing? Killing is a separate melacha. Why do we only say two? It should be three. Also, drawing blood is also a set melacha. Why, Rabbi, killing is, um, is one of the 39 melachot? One of the 39 is shochet, yes. Oh, shochet, Okay. So it says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, sepots omet. Rabbi Yochanan gets out of the problem. The case was that the fish had died before you stuck it. And therefore, you're just getting out the blood of the dead fish, so it's not Shochet, not the Tanishamah, because the fish is dead. That's the answer of Yochan. Rava has a more thumb action answer. Rava Amar, I feel Tema Shepatzochai. I don't have to tell you the case was that he was dead. I can even tell you that it was alive. But this guy who's trying to get the blood out, he's not trying to kill the fish. All he wants to do is get the blood. And therefore, since he's not trying to kill the fish, and it just happened on its own, it's like the guy who passes by the light bulb, and he bumps the light bulb. I didn't mean to turn the light bulb. I don't bring a chatat here, too. I didn't mean to kill the fish. I want the blood. I wasn't trying to kill it. Yeah, yeah, no, no comment. I thought you were commenting. Yeah, but it's all, it's automatically going to be dead, and it's like you know, there's something like secretion. Oh, I know. No. Very good. Thank you. Doesn't Abaya and Rava both say that Rav Shimon, who says is mutar, agrees that if it's for sure going to happen, like the cutting off the head of a cow, it's for sure going to die. Of course. Exactly. Of course. So here too, yeah, the guy is saying, listen, I really don't want to kill this fish. I just need his blood. 
But it's going to happen no matter what. If it's so. going to happen, so it should be I have also because Abai and Rabbi both agree that when something's for sure going to happen, everyone agrees. I think it's different by a fish just because fish would die when you take it out of the water, not really when you poke them to get blood out of it. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I thought it was Moises. Shani Hacha. Here it's they different. don't die right away, the fish, when you take them out of the water. It takes time. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, but Sumi was saying that since it's, it's going to die soon, it's like it's dead already. That's what he was right. trying to say. Got it. The longer the fish stays alive, the happier the guy is. Because the blood color, the color of the blood is best when you get the blood out of the live fish. And therefore, it's the, there's a di- according to this Gemara, it sounds like there's a big difference between not every time you cut off the head of the animal is it always a problem. This Gemara sounds like even though if you cut off the head of the animal, it's for sure going to die, it's a problem. That's only when you want it to die or you're happy it's dead. But if you're unhappy that it's dead and you'd rather it stays alive, so then that we don't ascribe the death to you. We say that the death is a not even though it would not be a sword, the Gemara is saying. Okay? And this mm-hmm. is the source of the rabbis who say that psikreshe de lo is still okay. Okay? Because the Gemara says that here's in the Ilazon, since you want it alive, because you like the way the blood is better alive, therefore for you it is a it is a um, bad outcome that you're not looking for and it becomes mutar. Now, there's some rabbis who take this a step further and say, just like this is lo nichale, there are some places where the guy lo ichbale, it's also as good. Where the guy doesn't care, it's almost lo nichale. Others, others are stricter on that. Says the Gemara, we send the case of Mishnah, a guy who slaughters is chayav. Says the what is the problem with Shekita? What's the detail about Shekita that makes it Chayat? Rav Amar Mishum Tzoveya. Rav says it's because of coloring. Because when he shifts the animal, the blood rushes out and it colors the skin that's next to his neck. And since it's coloring, the problem of Shekhet is coloring. And that's why we mentioned Shekhet and we didn't give a case of maybe the guy choked the animal to death. We did shochet because over there you chayav because of tzavaya. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel Itzlan Neshama. Shmuel says you chayav because you killed something. Asking Amar, Shmuel Tzavaya, Shmuel Itzlan Neshama. Below, you mean the rabbi holds? Well, now on Amar Bet, top line. You mean the rabbi is saying you chayav only for coloring and you're not chayav for killing? Why not? Ema af Shmuel Tzavaya. Rather, everyone agrees you chayav for killing. The question is, could you also be chayav for coloring? But for coloring, it's love uh, nichale. Good, good, good. That's what Rav is going to come and answer. So Rav, who said this statement, he knew that there are going to be people coming up like Subi. It's a very re- re- funny thing. Rav says, I know that in the next generation, people are going to wonder, why did I say Yechayah? Because of Soveya, after all, you don't want it to come out. It's a psikreshet de lo says Rav. Amarav, milta hidarmi, ema be milta. I want to explain myself. I'll say a word about 
don't want later generations like Mr. Abadi to come and laugh at me. So Rav says, because he doesn't want Subi to laugh at him, he's going to explain himself. This is a very funny Gemara that he says this. And he says, why is the guy happy when he's it seems like when people see blood stains around the neck of the animal as it's hanging in the butcher shop, they say, ooh, fresh goods. And they come and they take a bigger piece. And therefore, it's good for the guy. The guy would be upset if you would take the animal and choke it to death because it doesn't look like fresh goods. And therefore, it's actually being a fresh good is a good thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Two more. A guy who salts an animal or a guy who um, cures the animal or kills the animal. What's the difference between tanning and salting? Both of them are done with salt. What's the difference? They both agree, you're right. Take out one of them and put in scoring instead. Scoring, by the way, does not mean that you take keeping score at a basketball game. Scoring means that you take a piece of leather and you mark off with a knife where you're planning to cut it later. That's called scoring. So add that in, like for example, if you take a paper and you make it perforated, that's scoring it. That's misatet. Says this rabbi, put in scoring. A guy with salt meat, he's because of tanning. Rabbi Amar and Ibud Ba'ochim. He says, no. When you salt meat, you're not chayav because there's no ibud on anything that's edible. And since it's edible, therefore, there is no thing, nothing like salting on that. That's when you need the meat that way. Because sometimes, obviously, you chayav because of salting only when you're planning to take this Salted meat on the road. In the olden days, they would salt meat when they went on the road because it stays like a salami. When you have salami, it doesn't need refrigeration. So the only way they could take meat on the road was if they salted it. But if you stayed home, you wouldn't eat salted meat because, unless you happen to want, but you wouldn't eat salted meat because why should you get salted meat when you could get fresh meat? So he's telling you now that if a guy salts meat and you salt it salty enough that it's Good, it doesn't need refrigeration. Then you chayav because of salting, when according to Rabbah. Sorry, according to Ravuna. Amar Ravashi, but I feel Rabbah Ravuna, even Rabbah Ravuna, Ravuna's son, that's all you need to meet for that day. But if you need for your house, a person doesn't make his salt into wood. There's food in the wood. And therefore, no one would allow a person to salt it that much for your house. People salt the meat in the house, but not enough to make it completely like a salami. Because no one wants to eat that in the house. Okay.
ואז הוא מחתו ומחתכו. הגיא הוא סמוזה, הגיא הוא קצץ. עוד פיקש. אמר רב אחא בר חנינא, השער פני עובדים בשבת, הגיא הוא רובס דה גראונד, אין מתמין דה פילרס ונשור על שבת, היא חייב חטאת. חייב משום מחק, היא חייב חטאת, כי הוא מחק, כבר סמוני יד. אמר רב חייב בר אבא, שלושה דברים, תסח לי רב אשי משמד ומשור הלוי. There's three things רב אשי תחום מיני משור הלוי. נאמר וואן, המוגרר של כזאת בשבת, חייב משום מחטאת. הגיא הוא... Smoothens out the top of the poles on Shabbat in order to make them sharp, then you have a cause of cutting. If you spread ointment on a wound on Shabbat, that's why we say you can't put Vaseline on your chaplets on Shabbat because it's smoothing. If you chisel a stone on Shabbat, you can put in the final blow in these guys. A guy who engraves something into a utensil. Right? A guy who takes something that's sticking out of his clothes. That's only if you care about him. Something you don't mind, and if you pull it out, you're not going to make a dish. Because since you don't mind it there, it's not considered a problem. Okay. Okay, so we're going to stop right over here. Right by Hoktev, Shte Otiot. All right, guys? Okay. Thank you so much, Rama. Thank you, Rabbi.